Hey friends, Ellie here, and welcome to the Come and See podcast. This is a place where we'll gather to hear the real life stories of individuals from all around the globe. We'll talk about what it looks like for us to be transformed and renewed by Jesus while practically living out our faith. So no matter who you are, whether you're a college student chilling in your dorm, a parent trying to navigate nap time, or an employee waiting for the workday to end, I invite you to grab a cup of coffee, take a seat, and come and see. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode because our guest is someone who I have the privilege of knowing personally. I had the opportunity to travel cross-culturally with her and it's through experiencing cross-cultural missions and random setbacks or small frustrations or long layovers, all of the things that come with life and living in community I had the opportunity to see our guest, Genesee Guzman's heart and the way that she lives out scripture and she knows in full confidence and she lives in confidence as what the Lord is calling her to do. So without any more of a delay, please welcome my amazing friend, Genesee. Before I share, Genesee, how is this passage in Hebrews applicable to you? Yes, so... Something I love about this passage is that it says that he was tempted in every way, just as we are. And I think that shows the humanity of Jesus and just reminds us that he he was tempted to, you know, act out in anger and say mean things to people. He was tempted to sin but yet he didn't. And it also just reminds me of how he was betrayed by his friends um, before his crucifixion. And even then he didn't sin. So I think just knowing that Jesus understands us Mm -hmm. helps us be able to approach his throne in, in confidence, confidence that he is going to hear us and that he does care what we're going to say he cares how we're struggling yeah and I think that applies to me because um since I've been here doing my discipleship training school at YWAM Harpenden in England um there's been a lot of hard moments with quarantine and COVID and me getting COVID where I really felt hopeless I felt like I didn't know why I was even here. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to share that with Jesus because he had those moments of, you know, being fearful too. And he understood. And so then by telling him those things, I got, as the scripture says, I got, um, I received mercy and I found grace. Oh my goodness. Genesee, you're so wise. (laughs) <laughs> thank you thank you yes. it, it's the holy spirit <laughs> amen as i was reading i noticed it said let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace and i was thinking about that and i reflect on how i approached jesus growing up and it was not in confidence it was just in arrogance and i think that's something that our generation, or at least I would say from my perspective is, oh, we come as we are, like, 
you know, I'll show up as I am. I don't need to dress up. I don't need to act fake. And that is very true, a hundred percent. But I missed the reverence of God. And therefore I did not, like, I did not approach his throne in an honoring way. I just approached it saying like, oh, I'm here. I demand this, or I want this. And Jesus is merciful and Jesus is compassionate. So he'll let us approach him like that and he'll welcome us in. But at the same time, there is something we miss when we don't see him as holy. That's so true. I think having this healthy balance of, I can approach his throne with confidence that he wants to hear from me and he is like ready to listen. Yeah. But then like you said, the reverence of like, he is the most holy I think as like C.S. Lewis in the Narnia, um, oh, yeah. season, he talks about how Aslan, the, the lion who is also the representation of Christ, he is not safe, but he is good. Mm. So he's not safe in the sense that he's not going to, he fiercely protects his children. And so sin comes in the way of his children. Yeah. So he is going to like fiercely attack sin. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, seeing him as like this, like awe inspiring thing of where you're just like, wow, like you are powerful. Yeah. I need to like take my sin seriously because it, it, it's unholy and you are holy. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was kind of interesting because this past week I went to this cathedral. Oh yeah. In Coventry, England. And there, whenever you first walk in, you look down and there is this huge tapestry of Jesus. Yeah. And it's honestly, it's not Jesus with the little children and the sheep and looking all nice and like a, (laughs) you know, like it's honestly kind of scary looking, Mm. but it's kind of in the cathedral was so big too, so it's such high ceilings. It really did feel like, wow, I am so small, and he is God, and he is so yeah. big. Yeah. But yeah. He, but you also have to know the part of like, but he does love you individually. Yeah, absolutely. When you were describing entering the cathedral and seeing the tapestry, I'm like, I had a similar moment, but it's not necessarily the exact same format. When I went to the beach and I went in the water, I realized how small I was against the ocean. And mm-hmm. I don't know, that like whole scenario of, oh my goodness, I might not be as strong or as invincible as I always like to think I am. I definitely thought of that when you were describing seeing or putting your place in perspective to God's. Okay, so you mentioned that you went to a cathedral last week. What other things did you do during the week that you that was identified as outreach? Well, my team did a one week outreach. Um, there was this thing called the Narnia experience going on in this building where it used to be an old school, but now it's multi-purpose. And so in this big room, there were sections of scenes from the movie, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe also the book by C.S. Lewis. And so in each of those scenes, you meet a character from the book. And then you also have a tour guide taking groups around 
kind of explaining what's going on in the story while also making the connections to the gospel since that book was written to show Jesus and Christianity, but in a different yeah. um, format. So um, yeah, it was like immersive, interactive. It was free Whoa. for the family. So I got to be a tour guide some of the days and I also got to be Queen Susan and yes. crown with a new name. Um, and they got to sit on the throne. Um, and so it was really special. And then we also worked at a food bank. Mm-hmm. We um, helped organize donations to this thrift store that sells things in order to help refugee families in the area. Whoa. And also some of the donations goes to the families as well who have just fled their own countries. Yeah. And, yeah. And we did some street evangelism of just worshiping outside um, different shopping centers and um, people. So it was, it was a good um, range of things we did, even though it was our, you know, quote, week of outreach. I mean, these are things that most people have access to in their hometowns, probably. I mean, a food pantry, yeah. a food bank, or, you know, places that need help going through donations. Like those are, yeah, it doesn't, it just seems more exotic because I'm in yes. England. <laughs> doing it in another yes. country. Having a conversation um, with a man who was from Iran, mm-hmm. but he was Turkish, and um, this was at a church service, and so, and it was during a small group during the church service, and I was talking with him, and he had just come to England, and he was saying how with Jesus and with Christianity, it is so different than Islam, and in Iran, Islam was very much forced upon yeah. him. And with Islam there, they said that you have to pray in Arabic. You cannot pray in your mother tongue. And he mm-hmm. said, I didn't even speak Arabic. I spoke Aww. Turkish. Yeah. Yet they wanted me to pray in Arabic. And he's like, I didn't understand why. But then becoming a Christian, I can speak in whatever language I want whenever I'm mm-hmm. speaking. And it's something so simple that I, I have never even really thought about. Like, I've never thought, oh, does Jesus listen if I speak in English? Or yeah. is it only, I don't know, Aramaic or mm-hmm. Greek or Hebrew? Like, something like that has never crossed my mind. But for this man, it was something completely pivotal in his life. Wow. And, and I think it's such a testament to me of how Jesus is a, is a God of all nations and like all countries. And he values all of them. And he also values us enough to give us free will mm-hmm. because in Iran, you were, you were either a Muslim or you were killed. And like God desires us to have freedom to choose him. And that's one of the greatest expressions of his love is yeah. that he doesn't, he didn't create us to where, we are just robots that have to serve him but we have the choice to love him and serve him or not and that is freedom and that is love right there 
I remember when you shared a little bit about him earlier and you said that he was shocked that, like you said, you can pray in whatever language you actually speak, not just what is imposed or highly encouraged, I guess you could say. And I thought, oh yeah, that's so cool. But then I kept thinking about it and I realized that is absolutely like wild to me to try to comprehend because, you know, for us, we've grown up around faith. And so it's just natural that, oh yeah, when we pray, we do it like this, or we take pieces of people of the prayers of other people. And we're like, oh, that's cool. Like maybe I'll add that into my prayer or take that kind of mannerism of it. But to be in a place or to imagine being in a place where you don't even understand what you're praying and you're trying to learn it because that's the standard, but you don't understand it. So you're like, why am I trying to learn this? I don't understand these words. I speak this language. Oh, it's so confusing. And I can't imagine how frustrating it is. Would you like to hear one other little story from the week? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Okay. (laughs) So one day while I was doing the like tour guides through Narnia, um, a group of three men came in and they wanted a tour and they were part of the city council um, that is in Coventry. And they were aware of Narnia going on and they were trying to kind of help us advertise for it. Yeah. But since they didn't truly understand what it was from just the paper. Oh, yeah. Oh, we want to go through it ourselves. So we know what to tell people whenever they ask us what it is. Okay. And so they came and I was told by one of the other volunteers helping with Narnia just Um, she told me oh just take them through really quick like it's okay they just want like a little taste of what's going on like you know just just kind of like you know brush through it like don't really like you know do the whole thing and so I took them in my group and they were the only ones in my group so no no kids or okay yes pretty much all my groups have been families you know yeah So I'm taking them through. And at the beginning, I genuinely think I feel so dumb. These are grown men and I'm trying to like tell them about the scary white witch and be careful walking through the forest. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I like, what am I doing? Like, this is kind of silly. But then I genuinely felt the Holy Spirit just kind of whispering to me like, you don't know their background or their history with Christianity or God or Jesus. You don't know if this might be the first time they're hearing about Jesus. So you need to give like you're a hundred percent, even though your other coworker, so to say, told you not to. Wow. And so I was like, all right, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do it a hundred percent. So I, I did it like I would do it with any other family. And then whenever I got to the part of the tour where I bring in Jesus and his sacrifice for us, the look on their faces, I would say, was filled with the same amount of wonder and amazement Aww. as the children 
children that I bring through the tour. And so, yes, I just think it's so beautiful that I felt that whisper to not just kind of brush them, brush them off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they matter and they deserve to hear the gospel the same way that the, the kids deserve to hear it. So it was, it was amazing. It was so good. And even at the end, one of the guys asked me, wait, did C.S. Lewis write these to show Christianity or did, did you guys just kind of make it this way? Mm. And I said, no, C.S. Lewis wrote it to show Jesus through Aslan. And he was like, what? (laughs) It was amazing just to see their minds like expand and so I just like got to pray for them like I didn't pray with them but I just prayed in my heart that they would continue to think about the things that we talked about and so that was a really special moment as well oh my goodness that makes me so happy wow I'm so proud of you especially if you listen to the Holy Spirit because you did have the expectation of they are older they're businessy they're in charge of things like I don't want to waste their time. I can make this quick, give them the outline, PowerPoint vibe, but I'm really grateful you did not and you listened to the Holy Spirit. And just the idea of being a a, a fool for Christ, so to say, like some people might look at you and think, man, like they're crazy. Like, what are they doing? But just like not being afraid to, you know, be disapproved of. Yeah. You're following Jesus and like doing what you feel like he's leading you to do and like obeying his word like people are going to think you might be crazy but like you can't be scared of that and what was interesting is in the past I would I'll describe oh I want everyone to encounter him I want ministry to go really well I want to do this and I'd have this long five hour like list of all the things that I see in my perspective as successful but I said man the number one thing for me right now is that I would listen to the Holy Spirit and that I would be humble. And they're like, that's really interesting. You know, what made you think that? And I said, I am at a place in my journey with following Jesus that I can totally fake things. I think within the faith community, it is very easy for me to go into a space and use my people skills or communicate really well or have a like stage presence that just flows really well and say a lot of really, really good things. But at the end of the day, none of it actually be what the Holy Spirit was saying. And so as you were sharing that story, I thought, wow, if Genesee just shared the Narnia experience in a strong, communicated way and was respectful and was thorough, they would probably walk away with an understanding of this is really cool. We can support it within our community. We checked off the box, but then I thought, but Genesee listened to the Holy spirit. And instead of just showing a presentation, she was able to connect with them and to give them something to think about. That's a lot more meaningful. So that really stood out to me that there is this place when you're following Jesus for a while that you can disobey the Holy Spirit and nobody else would know. Yeah, like, oh, like, it's so easy to think, oh, no one, no one would be hurt by this. Um, it's, it's not a big deal. You know, come up with 
A to Z with ex- excuses, right? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, how many times are you going to disobey until you just become so desensitized to the yeah. Holy Spirit's promptings that you don't even realize them anymore? So wow. that's why you have to obey because that's like helping you understand and recognize his voice and you know you will keep seeing that happen in your life because you'll be like oh yeah I'm having this thought or this feeling to where it's not my natural thing that I want to do so like I know it's the Holy Spirit and people are are touched by the Holy Spirit and you're right like the Holy Spirit changes things like you can be a nice person without the Holy Spirit it just comes back to including the Holy Spirit in everything. And it's interesting because you use the word desensitized, which I have heard the word sensitivity so much within the past three weeks. So this is the Holy Spirit. But you said that and I thought, wow, this is the fourth time that I've heard this. What in the world? And Then my mind thought of when I had a conversation with someone earlier last week that is in college in the same season of life that I am and they're sharing and they're like, I love this TV show. It is so good. And I'm respond. That's so cool. Like, you know, tell me about it. And they're like, yeah, this show is just so like addictive she said it's so bad for me because it makes me depressed and I just get really down like I get really messed up when I watched it but it's so good and I'm thinking why would you watch it if you leave so messed up what but then I have definitely seen that in my own life but also the lives of my peers even family members especially people older than me is that I always think, why would you keep choosing that, like something destructive and something that leads to death over and over and over. But there's this reality that you spoke on and that scripture points to is that you are desensitized. So yes, you are choosing something that's harmful, but you can't feel it anymore. Or it takes more, a larger amount to feel the impact of it being harmful. That is so true. So good. And just how, like, sin can just be this cycle Mm -hmm. of, like, oh, maybe I'll just, I'll just come to Jesus after I sin because, like, I just, I want to feel better. Yeah. I I don't necessarily want to change, but I just want to feel less guilty. Yeah. But, um, I, something that I learned in one of my classes here is that something that can make you actually do the 180 of repentance from sin is asking God, Lord, help me to hate this sin because it is not from you. It is unholy and you are holy and help me to hate it because I don't want to go back to it, not even a little bit. And Lord, I know you hate sin. So give me that same like mentality. So yeah, that made me think of that. When you were talking about that and you're saying how there is this opportunity to ask Jesus to give give you his heart. I heard a quote and it was just that dead people don't feel things. And it seems very obvious and sometimes silly, but there is this reality that like dead people do not feel things. 
Therefore, when I am walking alive in Christ, I'm going to feel it and it is going to be hard. And so I think as followers of Jesus, I just see a lot of people that are walking around dead. Like they have Christ, they know him, they've experienced his resurrection power, but they're not alive. So they're walking around and there are two things that come with this. I think the first one is understanding when I'm alive in Christ, I'm going to feel every hit. And then I think the other opportunity is, especially what you're doing, is that when you see people that have experienced Jesus but are walking around dead, you have this opportunity to call them to life. Because we see it where, oh, I've grown up in the church, I know Jesus, or oh, I'm spiritual, but I don't really want Jesus. And it's like, you have been within the church for over two decades and you have no ounce of joy. You cannot tell me the last time God did a miracle. You don't even whisper one word of gratitude to him. Like, when is the last time you've actually prayed? When is the last time you've dreamed? And so I see that and I have a strong like calling to look people that maybe have never experienced life. But more specifically, I think the ones that know life but walk around dead to be like, wake up, like you're not dead, you're sleeping, he's called you there, you can have confidence. I I really love how you said whenever we're al- alive with Christ, we feel every hit because we're aware of like the the power of sin of like not choosing him and like we understand like that it does bring death oh wow girl <laughs> so it good. does it does there is a huge generation missing in the church in england in like the the people in their like 20s and 30s mm-hmm. um they're they're not in the church um i was speaking with my host family last week and they said that the average um, church going age. I think it was for a specific denomination. I'm so I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, this, this is as a whole or for like the church of England specifically, mm-hmm. but it was, um, 65. That's the average age. Yeah. Genesee. What? Where's the yeah. rest of the generation? Yes, exactly. So I guess it's not really a missing generation. It's like multiple generations missing in England that I've seen or what I've observed is that there's so many old, beautiful um, churches and cathedrals, um, but there's nobody in them, really. I think religion is something that is seen as something dead and and outdated. And this younger generation sees it as irrelevant really that their answers are in science their answers are in money or wow um education and yeah they you know my life is good without it so like why do I need to commit to something and so I think understanding the life it brings Mm -hmm. and that Jesus did resurrect from the dead and that is something that is completely you know different than any other religion any other anything you could follow wow and that is why we like choose to follow him so 
Yeah. Genesee, I got chills while you were speaking. I'm like, <laughs> what? You know, there's a bunch of really beautiful cathedrals and churches, but they're all empty. I'm like, yeah, just like thinking, I mean, how many years were, were spent of people dedicated and praying in these cathedrals, praying in these churches, and yet now, I mean, they're just old building because no one, no, there's no living church, yeah. which is the believers. There's no living stones building up this church. Oh my gosh, preach the word. What? <laughs> wow. Oh, you were so I love this conversation. Hmm. So what is something you would say to those who aren't following Jesus or who aren't alive in Christ? Mm. I think I would say that following Jesus is not restrictive. It's it's not another set of rules you live by. It is the gift of a relationship with the one who created the universe and the one who created you mm-hmm. and that you were created for relationship and by not having a relationship with God, um, like you're, you're taking, trying to take like a shortcut to happiness with other things. And yeah, like he just, he loves you and you can have freedom in him. He came to make, like to call people to life, you know, he didn't, die to make bad people good he died and rose again so he could make dead people alive and that changes everything because that means the conversation is no longer oh like how many times did you smoke last week or how many times did you do this with your significant other or how many times did you mess up up? all of a sudden it was like are you doing the questions are are you doing something that's gonna create death that's gonna take from you that's gonna leave you damaged and I love that you said that because genuinely I I think it is from scripture and Jesus is wanting to bring things back to life and to bring people back to life and yes there is a conversation for actions and for you know temptations or addictions or things like that Jesus is totally about practical steps on how to be free but in terms of on our side, when we are meeting with people who have never experienced him, it's like, let's start at the beginning of the story when we talk about how God created us in his image and everything was good. Let's not start off with Genesis 3. Like there's two more chapters before that. Yeah, it's so good. And yeah, like you said, there's totally a place for also communicating that whenever you do become a Christian, he is lord he is lord of your life so you are like turning over the authority to him and saying ultimately i'm going to honor you with my life now it is you i'm making decisions for that is completely important as well um but yeah i don't think that should be that should be because of his love and his like power and authority and something i want to say is that specifically to you is 
is the person that's speaking to me alive in Christ? And what I mean by that is I know that as you're following Jesus and you are alive in Christ and you're walking in a manner that's worthy of the gospel and you're having, you know, your language is seasoned with salt and it's gracious. There are people whose language and whose talk is not gracious at all. In fact, it's not even living. And I want to encourage you to remember, is this the living word? Is this God's word? Because that's the only thing that's alive and active. But even further than that, it is like, could you imagine if a dead person just like started telling an alive person how to live? You'd be like, what? What in the world is happening? And so when people come against you and they say, Genesee, why would you do that? Why would you choose this lifestyle? Why would you choose this path? This is foolish. Why would you do it? You're wasting all of these things that are not even close to the living word of God. Absolutely not even the same section. In those moments, it's easy to feel it because you're alive. But I want to encourage you to remember, man, they are not speaking the living word of God. And therefore, I will not hold space for it. I will honor them. I'm not going to curse, but I'm also not going to hold that thought at all. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for that encouragement. Thank you for reminding me that my mind should only have space for like life. Absolutely. Yeah, nothing from that from from death. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, that's that's so good, Ellie. Yeah, there's gonna be so many voices trying to tell you what the most wise thing to do is. Yeah. But if it's not in alignment with the Bible, then it's not wise. Something I would love to leave um, the come and see listeners with. Oh. <laughs> is that just because something is hard or there is um, um, obstacles or um, objections, it doesn't mean it's not from God Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that you should turn around. it's a, it's a point where you can stop and pray and seek that friendship and seek that um, approaching God's throne with confidence wow. that he will guide you. And he, maybe he will tell you to like slow down or change course. But just because something is hard, it doesn't mean it's not from the Lord. Mm. And I just think about like, Paul going through on his missions and um, get, getting shipwrecked and winding up in prison. Uh, so many times. <laughs> so many times. And it's like, if whenever he got in prison, did that mean like, oh, I got in prison, like this is something bad that happened? Like, does that mean what I was doing was not honoring oh. God because now I'm in prison and like I can't and I'm suffering? But yeah. it's like, no, like God, uh, Paul knew what his message was from the Lord and he was going to do it even when it got hard. So yeah, I just want to leave people with some encouragement to not be discouraged by those words that are coming from a place yeah. of death and yeah. um, the situations that you just seem that you think are stopping you from following God. Aww. Um, 
that you should keep on going and approach him as a friend and also know that he is all powerful yeah Yeah. oh my gosh I feel so encouraged already (laughs) wow I'll probably just listen to that over and over for real I feel so encouraged just by speaking with you and getting to reflect on um, the Lord's faithfulness throughout I mean my life and especially you know these past like uh, seven months or so especially (gasps) yes Um, it's been encouraging me of just uh, looking back at like how far he's brought me and like how far he will continue to bring me yes yes and amen Genesee you are so wise for real I'm so grateful and Guys, normally I would have this really cute outro with a lot of cool music, in my opinion. However, I don't want to say more than I need to. And I'm so grateful that you joined for this episode. And I love Genesee. And she is someone that is filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I don't want to give you my words. I want to point you back to the words of Jesus. And so I encourage you to check out the show notes that include the scripture. It even includes Genesee's blog if you want to follow her journey through cross-cultural missions and all the in-betweens that come with following Jesus for her. So thank you so much for joining and guess what? Join us next time when we come and see.